in life for free But you can give them to the birds and bees I want money NFTs, insights, and strategies. This is where we go deep with the biggest NFT collectors in the game. It's time to quit paper handing all your blue chip plays and learn the insights and strategies of the diamond hand holders. And for all of the artists, new and old, this is the place to hear what the big buyers are really looking for and the red flags they're aiming to avoid. My name is Mofo, longtime crypto degen. NFT collector and the founder of the Gotham Apes Project. With me is my co-host, the legendary artist and mastermind behind the Phantom Punks, OG Sarge. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, it's been a few weeks uh, since we've done this little, little talk here. What's that? What'd, what'd you say? Oh, I just said busy times. Busy times. Uh, yeah, you're moving. I, I've been watching my five-year-old for two weeks straight now. I'm losing my mind. So, <laughs> yeah, excited to uh, have uh, the dev mastermind, OG collector, Big Hoss, Dracula Presley on. What's up, hello, sir? Hello, hello. Hey, how's everybody doing? Doing well, doing well. You know, I always like to ask our guests how they came up with their their Twitter handle, uh, their name. So let's wow. kick it off that way. How did you well, uh, come up with Dracula? Before we do that, <laughs> before we do that, let me set up a giveaway. I, you know, kick kick it go off. Ahead, with, kick it off with a giveaway. I'm gonna give away three things. I'm gonna give away a terraformer. I'm gonna give away a star bazaar, and I'm gonna give away a. Where is it? Uh, gosh, um, what is the third thing I'm going to give away today? How about, how about a Moody's? So those three giveaways are going to be up for anyone who retweets, likes, and tags a friend or two in my pinned tweet right now. I'll run a Twitter picker in, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes or something like that. So retweet, tag a friend, give it a like, and, uh, you have a chance to win one of those three classic phantom nfts so back to uh back to the twitter handle i, I like this segment uh, actually uh how, <laughs> how did you get the the twitter handle dracula presley man it's uh i don't know it's uh, pretty goofy really uh not a not a super i don't know it's um I, there was a time when i was younger where i was you know i would write a lot and that was actually, you know, as embarrassing as this sounds, it was like a blog moniker. And um, basically, um, I spent a lot of time uh, playing music. I would say that was like the first chapter of my life was music before I moved into crypto years ago. And, um, you know, I would just kind of don that moniker whenever, you know, I just didn't want someone to know my name or whatever. And uh, for some reason, when I... Um, you know, I was in crypto years before I started developing things and um, something just clicked where it was like, all right, I need a Twitter handle. You know, it needs to like not just be like my name. So it just like it was like Breaking Bad when he puts on the Heisenberg hat. It was like, yep, that's <laughs> that's me. I'm back. So, you know, it was kind of a 
in some ways, you know, looking back on it, you know, it's kind of like, uh, like I kind of came up with it being more on the uh, angsty younger side of things, but for Phantom, especially, it seems to work. So, oh man, it's, it's, uh, yeah, man, it's prominent. It's, it's one of my favorite names out there, man. <laughs> you know, I actually get, I get comments about the handle, like a ton. So <laughs> well, now we know where it came from. So sweet. Yeah. Thanks you know, that. what's funny is, um, when uh, we were all down in Austin for Punks vs. Apes, um, I'll never forget that when everybody first kind of came together, there was this like probably like a couple hours where you would meet somebody and you would, you know, you'd say you'd say your name and shake their hand and they would give you like a blank stare and then it would be like, oh, I mean, Dracula Press. Oh! <laughs> so... I think that was kind of funny in Austin. It was like, I mean, not that like anyone's, you know, afraid to be doxxed in that situation, but just kind of funny that, you know, by habit, you would just say, hey, I'm so-and-so. And then, you know, like people, like I said, people would just like deer in headlights, you know? Oh, I mean, for me, especially, I'm like, yeah, it's up, man. It's Sarge. They're like, who? What? Sarge? Well, yeah. How many, oh, how many people think that, you know, how many times have I heard somebody say, so Sarge isn't like a six foot seven black guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> with, with a blue with a blue helmet, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, it's so great. I love it. Yeah, you know, maybe we should award name tags or something like that. But it's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. No, that part was fun for sure. Like I finally, fun. I finally, like I finally just quit saying my name and just being like Dracula Presley. And uh, that also kind of felt goofy, but at least, you know, it'd be like, oh, and I'm, I'm so-and-so, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, shit. Shit, yeah, it's also goofy, but it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you always have that thing, too, like, you know, with so many people that I met that weekend, uh, um, you know, you hear voices or you, 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 for some reason, the human brain just kind of like, sets a visual for the way you think someone's going to look and then you meet them in person you're like oh shit like you do, you you don't look anything like i thought you were going to look <laughs> oh yeah that that happened a lot down there <laughs> that happened a ton down there where i don't know if it's just you know somebody's tweet style or humor or whatever yeah you definitely just kind of get an idea of what you think they look like and then yeah. you see them and you're like oh okay shit perfect example who knew that tomb heads looks like uh, the rock's younger brother no yeah that was a shocker to me for sure i mean I, I sort of you know i knew that uh his boy ftm dead uh they, they look similar you know and they're from a similar area out in perth Australia. <laughs> so i kind of like uh, it was kind of imagined but but not the rock man the rock jr it's amazing <laughs> yeah i would have i would have never equated that ever i mean yeah it's like I don't even really know in my mind what I think he looks like, but that that was definitely like, whoa. It was either that or uh, Uncle Sink. I don't know if you watch him on Instagram, Uncle Sink. He, no. uh, he no. tornado he tornado chugs beers, and for some reason I wanted two heads to look like that guy, but he's a lot better looking than that guy. So. Oh, yeah, it's the guy that has like the mullet that does the spin thing with the yeah, highlights. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. He's, yeah, that's all he does. And yeah, that guy's pretty much my inspiration. So. Yeah, 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 totally. And he lives out in Australia, so whatever. Maybe I was hoping Team Heads would look like that dude, but we need to we need to get him into animated NFTs for sure. <laughs> right, <laughs> that guy is awesome. Ah, oh, so much to talk about. As, as uh, Sarge mentioned, we haven't had 
an episode in a couple of weeks. I think we've both been, you know, pretty heads down on a lot of things. You know, I'm definitely uh, making a big move from uh, United States out to Southeast Asia. We're going to be for, you know, about a year, year and a half. Um, also dropping projects and, you know, working hard on those. And, and I know you are as well, but uh, let's, let's kind of just jump into it. Um, thanks again for, for having us or, you know, for, for, for joining us. Um, this show is really, you know, kind of the, the, the brainchild of Sergeant and I and really focused, you know, more around, you know, collectors and, you know, what they look for you know, their journey into NFTs, how they got here, how they got into Phantom. I know you got some pretty interesting stories there. We've, we've talked a little bit about it uh, <laughs> separately. Um, but, you know, usually kind of kick it off with, you know, I know that you've been you know tracking and involved in crypto for a long time, but what are your friends and what are your family and what are the people close to you think about you know your work in crypto your your nft collection collecting you know any of that space is it is it uh you know accepting or you know do they think it's crazy or you know what's what's the you know the people close to you think about it well it's kind of funny because crypto for me was almost just like a i don't know it was it wasn't that i kept it a secret it was just that you know like i said the first half of my life was more like a musical background. Um, I didn't have any friends that were like really like, you know, traders of any kind, whether it was stock or crypto. Um, and, you know, I started out as a trader, just kind of learned the ropes, got into it. Um, you know, this was probably, I don't know, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. But, the thing that drew me into crypto first was really just the philosophy of it. And um, I started out just buying crypto and then I started the trade. Um, and then after trading for years, I was kind of like, all right, well, I feel like I've been here long enough and, you know, I have some ideas and, you know, I'd like to start making things, but um, yeah. So for a long time, you know, I, I've never really bothered telling extended family cause they would just definitely be like, what the hell? But, um, you know, my parents were just kind of like, yeah, he's just, you know, a degenerate, you know, <laughs> you try to explain like BitMEX or something. And it's like, it sounds just like gambling. And it's like, yeah, it, it is. But, you know, gambling that can sometimes pay off. Um, so for a long time, they were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. That's just like something he's kind of into. Um, but yeah, like once I started building stuff, then I think, you know, people around me started being like, Oh, okay. Like it's, you know, kind of a serious thing. And then obviously I would tell them back then, yeah, you know, part of what I do is NFTs and, you know, back then people especially would be like, what? But obviously now NFTs are quite a buzzword. So, you know, I'm pretty sure my parents go places and are like, my son makes NFTs. So, <laughs> you know, it's yep. now it's like, I get text messages, you know, it's like, I got to tell, you know, my, my parents were texting me last week about when it was like Gucci, Tiffany's and uh, Coca-Cola in the same week. And it's like, did you have, did you have anything to do with any of these? It's like, fuck no, but I wish I did. <laughs> um, and they were yeah. like, oh, well, never mind. I guess you're still kind of a disappointment then. But, <laughs> um, no, it's not like that, but no, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting as, as there's more adoption, um, you know, now you can say things to people and they don't look, you know, they're not staring at you like 
glassy-eyed, like, I have no clue what you're talking about. So, um, so yeah, family's supportive, and, um, you know, I'm married, and uh, my wife's very supportive. Um, you know, she's been around since I was just trading, so she'd wake up at all hours of the night to me laying in bed looking at red and green bars. Um, you know, she knows I've been into it forever. Um, so yeah, overall it's pretty positive, you know, um, hopefully there's nobody out there that's truly like, Oh, like I'm, I love this. I love something and my family disapproves, but I mean, I guess it does happen. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, 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 um, a lot less about disapprovement and more along the lines, or at least what, what I hear and what I feel when I talk to people in, you know, cryptos, NFTs, uh, more like they just don't understand and they think it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's all a scam and it's all a Ponzi and it's all, you know, just because Warren Buffett says it's uh, not worth, uh, you know, $20, um, you know, that's, that's more real. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, it's, it's so much deeper than that. And I still, you know, I've, I've been saying this for, I mean, God, close to a decade now, I, I, I bought my first Bitcoin in probably something like 2014 or 13 or something like that. Um, yeah, it's wild. When, when they were, you know, $150 and, um, and I still feel like it's really early and I've you know, been all, all along the road, you know, on, you know, Reddit Bitcoin where, you know, just little kind of adoptions would be like celebrated, like, oh my God, they, you know, so overstock is now accepting Bitcoin. We're, we're making progress and, and, and that sort of stuff. And, um, and people, you know, the vast majority of people, uh, just seem like they still don't quite get it. And you know, you see a lot of FOMO in people when it's, you know, at 50, 60,000, you know, a Bitcoin. And then you see a lot of like, ha ha, told you so when it's, uh, you know, when it's lower. <laughs> it's well, you know, a little, little frustrating. You guys, yeah, I mean, you guys probably have experience with this where everything crashes. And so it's like, yeah, you know, crypto's a scam, ha ha. Or, you know, how are you doing, buddy? You know, are you all right? And then, you know, things pump and you start getting those text messages like do you think it's a good time to buy some bitcoin so yeah <laughs> I, I yeah it is true though it's like um in general it's still kind of a newer you know not, one thing that i do find interesting is um there has been like a narrative around nfts where um i'm from a you know i'm from atlanta and um i know a lot of local artists here and there, NFTs, I think, do kind of get a bad name for, like, people that have been doing traditional art a long time because I have had, you know, it's like, oh, it's just money, it's just this, it's just that. It's like, well, no, it's it's actually the same thing you do, just basically online. I mean, you know, people are collecting things, um, you know, buying things they think will have value down the road or, you know, immediate value. And, um, you know, most of all, there's community around that. So just like you have a art scene in Atlanta or, you know, LA or wherever, you know, you got like the phantom scene, the AVAC scene, um, you know, so I guess there is still like a long way to go for some people. And, you know, I hope that'll start to change where, you know, I think certain things have kind of given it, you know, like you look at board apes, um, you know, obviously no problem with the collection itself. I mean, um, but obviously, you know, the things that get attributed to owners of that collection. Yeah. I, can de I can definitely say that's, you know, not necessarily super appealing and often pretty cringy. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And the, I, you, you, you see that, you see that type of stuff happen a lot around, you know, hype, uh, you know, it's, it gets just so hypey 
that it becomes uncool. Like the cool becomes uncool almost um, in, in like almost predictable cycles. And not that, uh, you know, not that bored apes are necessarily un- uncool or cool or whatever, but, you know, to your point, there's a lot of, a lot of cringy behavior around it, um, you know, in the news and, and all sorts of stuff. So I just, or, you, you know, know like, to notice. or like, you know, NFT New York where it's like, what's trending on Twitter is like people dressed up like goblins talking in fake voices. And you're like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Three yeah, steps forward, two steps back. That's yeah. going to keep, that's going to keep the uh, serious um, artists away for sure. When they see, stuff yeah. like that, you know, yeah. but you know, there, there's no reason why, um, you know, I, and I know some artists here in Austin that are the same way. They're just very apprehensive about, joining the nft world because they're going to get heat from their fellow artists that they're kind of selling out you know there's this weird like you're selling out man but uh if they can break through that barrier and i'm trying to help a couple artists right now just sort of get started they just they're not into finance so they can't wrap their head around the idea of of Mm -hmm. the money part of crypto which you know is what it is and, and and put the art separate from it you know and so, uh, you know, I'm doing my best to onboard a couple artists here, but yeah, that's, um, there, there is a sort of tribal, tribal thing going on with, with, you know, normal, I guess, you know, in real life artists as yeah. opposed to NFT artists. So, uh, you know, I, it, what do you, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And I, I think it will change as we continue <clears throat> to move as we have for the past, you know, 50 years or 30 whatever 20 you know all of these years as we continue to move into you know deeper digital domains um it just it just makes sense um you know it'll be it'll be email versus snail mail um and you know all of the amazing things that you see with you know physical art um you can see with nft art especially in in many occasions you can purchase NFT art where the physical shows up with it. And then you own the whole package. And we talk about this a lot on the show and we'll probably you know, talk about it a little bit later. Um, but talk about your journey into Phantom. I know you've got a, you got a pretty cool story there of you know, where you started and how, how you got into Phantom and uh, you know, why you like it, et cetera. Yeah. So um, when I first started, um, I started Potluck Protocol was basically strictly a DeFi platform. And um, when I first was developing it, it was actually, I mean, it was still right off the heels of DeFi summer. Um, It was actually going to be on Ethereum. Um, And as I was in the middle of figuring stuff out, that was right when BSC launched. And, um, you know, it was like, wow, it's so fast and look how cheap it is. And, you know, I shifted gears to that. But basically what happened was, you know, no one could have, I guess, foreseen, you know, what we refer to as BSC mania, um, where literally overnight, who knows how many protocols just came out of nowhere. And, you know, everybody was just forking pancake swap. And, you know, you could have a DeFi platform up like in a, you know, probably a couple days if you really wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I started over there and I uh, learned a lot of lessons and, um, you know, basically I knew after the platform had been around a little while that, you know, I was already, there were already a few platforms. I mean, this was still pretty 
early in the sense of cross chain was actually not as common. And, um, you know, had started to do research on, you know, Oh, like where would I want to expand into? And, um, you know, there were a few other options, but, um, Phantom kind of caught my eye for a couple things. Um, you know, I liked where it was in its development. I was like, Oh wow. Like, you know, the tech's awesome. Um, it's still relatively new, you know, you could like grow with this thing. And, um, but then, you know, what happened was I started poking around, I started buying some Phantom, um, you know, started picking up some projects, tokens, going to their discords, um, you know, sending the NFTs, kind of like poking around the NFTs on paint swap, buying some stuff, kind of sitting in, you know, going into some communities and, um, funny enough, the branding on potluck was always this whole, you know, the bat and spooky. And the thing about it was our actual tagline was the spookiest AMM on Binance smart chain. And, um, funny enough, um, I had been writing some stuff about Phantom and, um, I had actually got a message from Erie from spooky swab. I mean, you know, this is still really early on. And um, just kind of like reaching out, you know, about Phantom and um, we were just discussing, you know, everything about it. And he's like, man, you should come here. He said, if you come here, though, you're going to have to take that spookiest AMM thing out of your out of your bio because that's our shit. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, you know, super good guy. I mean, I haven't talked to him in forever because, I mean, God knows how busy that guy is. Um, but it's, it's crazy. Yeah. We were, it was kind of like onboarded by Erie. He was just like, man, you know, the chain's just getting going. Everybody's so nice. Everything's, and that really blew me away about Phantom was BSC is very like, just like cutthroat. You know, if you wanted to collab with someone on Binance Smart Chain, they're like, why, what the fuck do you want? Like, don't take my money. Like, what do you want? You know, and it was like. I really loved on Phantom how it was just like, you know, whether it was DeFi or NFTs, it would just be like people, you know, you'd be like, Hey, you want to work on something together? It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, um, just a really cool spirit and community. And, um, you know, what it did take me back to, and, um, you know, it's funny because, um, you mentioned earlier, you know, like the Bitcoin Reddit, um, that was what I was like looking for when I started developing was it was like, I was part of like the cryptocurrency Reddit and the cryptocurrency discord. And it was like, it was like, that's what I was trying to find. Um, so yeah, you could not get that on BSC at the time. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's better now, but it was just, it just all clicked when it came to Phantom and it was like, yeah, this is like where we're going. And, um, definitely never looked back, never regretted it. Um, we kept the BSC side open for maybe like, I mean, maybe another month after we went cross chain and it was just like, look, we're just going to consolidate all our efforts and just go full phantom. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it all started. And then uh, shortly after uh, met voodoo. I mean, I say shortly after it was like days after we launched on phantom. So uh, yeah, everything just kind of like came together. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's still, you know, the market's down right now. People are having a tough time, but, you know, Phantom's community is still tight knit. And, um, you know, I would still say, hopefully that still brings new people in just how welcoming it is. 
So uh, I agree. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons that all of us are here and all of us really enjoy, you know, the work that we do within the Phantom ecosystem and not to say there's not incredible opportunities elsewhere. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, kind of cross chain stuff, you know, much, much of it, you know, kind of pioneered by you guys in in your work there. Um, And, you know, people are, you know, testing the waters in other chains, um, which totally understand. And, you know, we may, we may uh, eventually get there and, and do that as well. Um, but Phantom certainly feels like home. You've really built a strong community of, you know, of, of players and artists and developers and, and, you know, just, just really good people. So it's definitely cool, especially, especially the art, which is you know, really the perfect segue, you know, as this is a, you know, a, an NFT, uh, you know, Twitter spaces podcast. Um, talk to me about your tastes in art you know everyone has different tastes uh some people like everything some people are very specific you know what are the styles that kind of draw you in and you know get you excited when you're looking at you know projects to to buy into well it's you know i guess it's kind of funny in a way because i think some people are worn out on pixel art but it's like to me like i guess just you know being around for a while it's like i still get excited when i see someone just like killing it with some pixel art uh you know shout out the sarge here but um yeah i still love like you know somebody's like check this out and i see like some pixel art like um you know like hex man like that pixel stuff he's been kind of previewing everything oh my god i'm like so i'm sure it's like some people would probably think that's kind of goofy but it's like yeah i'd still love seeing some good solid pixel art um a lot of my, you know, starting out on Phantom was, I, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people can uh, can say this as well, was, you know, BSC, everything was generative, um, but Phantom, just the one, of, the one of one scene was what I think sucked all of us in on the team, really. Um, just, you know, going to Tomb Heads, um, just seeing these amazing one of ones, um, you know, seeing how, you know, people valued them, people will hold them. Um, and yeah, I mean, like for instance, um, one of my favorite artists, probably not like a huge surprise to anyone. Like I love Septa. Um, so I've had a couple of his pieces. Um, you know, obviously some of our artists have been just like simply amazing, you know, teens on acid, Danetron, uh, Necrofux, you know, um, I guess I'm just really kind of all over the place. Um, you know, even like, um, you know, the paint huffing degenerates collection, I'd say like art style. That's probably one of my favorites. It's one of my um, favorites too. Likewise. Yeah, something, something about that style of art where it's, yeah, it's like, it's almost surreal, but it's still psychedelic. Yeah. And it's still got characters and everything. Like, I think that's one of my favorites. Um, you know, one thing that, um, he's kind of got his own thing going on in Phantom where, you know, it's kind of almost outside or something, but I mean, he's got plenty of people following him, but um, you know, visionary boy, I started digging his stuff early on and he's, you know, done all kinds of projects, you know, he's done kind of more normal generative art. He's done some pixel stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, one thing about Phantom is just like, there's so many things to appreciate about, so many different people it's kind of like sometimes i feel like phantom's got a vibe to it but then you know 
a new guy hits the scene in two meds and blows it out of the water. And it's like a whole new shift, you know? So. Yeah. That's the one thing that keeps happening. Right. It's like, um, new artists are dropping in and recently through this bear market and just releasing incredible, incredible work that is sort of, I want to say generation two, I would say of, of the one, one artist on Phantom, you know, gimmicks, repeater, you know, just insane. And they're all, you know, fairly new, I'd say to the scene. So I think that underground sort of one, one art is where we really stand out. And if we could keep on attracting artists of that caliber, it's just always going to get better and better, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, and yeah, I mean, just going back to Phantom on the tech side, I mean, it's like how many people, get talked into doing a one-on-one or whatever on phantom and you know once they try it i mean they stay here you know whether it's the community or you know the minting process is better cheaper or faster um but yeah i mean it, it is true i do kind of feel like we're in like we're seeing like a new shift again because when we've it was actually kind of a funny story too like when i first you know it's like october i guess last year like even then what was happening with the style and like the general vibe was kind of different. And um, I was actually like roughly working on like a generative collection and uh, Bonono had drawn like his take on our bat and um, it kind of fit what was happening then. But then by the time the project was kind of fully assembled, it was like December and I just looked at it and I was like, I just don't, you know, it just doesn't feel like, what's like happening around here right now, you know, like it just feels, it was, I guess a little more on like the cartoonish side. And, you know, at that point, some of these really insane one-on-one people were starting to, you know, just crank out amazing work, you know? So, um, yeah, but I agree. It's like, if that, if there was like a phase one and a phase two, it's like, we're definitely seeing like a new shift here with the art. So, yeah. And it's, and it's art that I absolutely love, you know, growing up, just loving sort of hip hop culture, and street art, you know, graffiti art. And so all these guys are doing murals on the side, you know, and you could tell their, their skill with the, with the, with the spray can is just incredible in real life. So to have that translate onto sort of a digital canvas, it just blows me away. You know, talking about SEPTA, repeater gimmicks, you know, top of my head, those guys, masochists, um, you know, weed girls, uh, her, her style just coming out of nowhere with this awesome sort of uh, just that, that street graffiti airbrush kind of look, which I just, I'm in love with. So, and they make for great one ones, you know, and, and then, you know, hopefully generatives come out of those as well that, that hold up to those, uh, those styles, you know? And so, yeah, man, totally. I'm loving, I'm loving season two of Phantom NFTs. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. I I was going to say the same thing that, you know, that kind of street art graffiti really, is something that I enjoy. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm collecting, I tend to really only buy things that I like mostly. Um, and you know, I've got a whole wallet full of things that I like that, you know, don't really have great floor prices for whatever reason, just, it's not someone's cup of tea. Um, but I think that that, you know, in turn kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier around, you know, the physical artists who might not be super into the crypto, you know, the crypto NFT world is like, it, it just, I just want to buy it if, 
because they're talented and I like the art. It's not necessarily a, a financial play or, you know, even like, even like an investment. I just, I just want to own it and I want to support the artists. Um, so, you know, just so many, so many things can be done. Um, I do want to get into kind of, you know, successful NFT strategies, but before there's some big things happening on ETH coming up and, um, you know, being that you are, you know, experienced as well as, you know, a dev as well, you know, just that you, you're very on top of the scene. I thought people might find it interesting to get your opinion or thoughts around uh, and, and myself even as well, because I, I don't know as much as, as I'd like to, but, you know, the ETH, you know, proof of work versus proof, proof of stake. I dropped a, a pretty interesting tweet in the um, uh, tweet thread in the in the Twitter space uh, up, up on the top there, if anyone's interested in checking that out. But, you know, what's happening on September 22nd? And, you know, what are you adjusting any of your strategy or your bags or, or anything around that, you know, give us the, give us like the, you know, the five minute like version of what you know about it. Yeah. So, you know, basically um, when Ethereum launched, you know, it was a model, you know, proof of work, which is, you know, also similar to Bitcoin in the sense of, you know, you have what, you know, are, are miners and they're mining the transactions and they're making, you know, that's how they're getting paid is per transaction. And um, that is kind of the model that, you know, people have to buy up all the CPUs. You know, it's why there's constantly material like shortages for computer chips. It's why there's computer chip shortage. It's still because, you know, places like China, there's literal like mining factories. Um, and, you know, basically it is kind of what gave crypto this reputation of like you know oh it's like bad for the environment and it uses up all this electricity and this and that so yeah so they've planned on a while for moving to proof of stake you know which is basically it's funny that ethereum is just now moving the proof of stake when basically all the l all the big l1s at this point you know phantom included that's what everybody else does and has been doing um you know we're it's a different method. It's more of like, you know, you have validators and transaction, you know, everything's just running around and it, it's like the, the work is kind of shared between everybody um, compared to like mining where, you know, you could just, you know, some guy could be like, I have 1000 mining machines and I'm taking up this percentage of all the mining. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It's a good thing. Um, you know, I think Ethereum is going to be, it'll be faster for it. Um, some people think it will help with gas. I'm not positive. It's going to have some giant impact on gas. Hopefully. I know everybody would love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big, it's a serious ordeal um, because when they first begin this process, there will effectively be two Ethereums. And some of you, you know, have probably heard rumblings and whether you understand it or not, you know, the issue right now is that when you are proof of work, the miners are who are in charge. The miners are the ones that are saying, you know, like, for instance, like, you know, look at like a Dow model. You know what I mean? Like how that's a little more democratic. Well, 
when you're proof of work, the miners call the shots. The miners can sink your network if they want to. And it's happened in Bitcoin and Ethereum before where like a really large faction of miners have, you know, fucked around because they don't like a decision or whatever. So that's going to be, I think the only bit of chaos will be this very temporary moment when there are, there is actually Ethereum proof of work and Ethereum proof of stake. Um, and that's mostly because the miners are going to do everything they can to squeeze the last little bit of juice out of, you know, the old Ethereum. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I guess they just announced today the actual merge. I think it's September 12th. I could be wrong though. They just announced, I mean, it was just hours ago. I, I heard the 22nd, but it could be the 12th. I'm, I'm not 22nd, 100% sure. Yeah. Something with a two, but I yeah, heard the 16th. Like... So, <laughs> <laughs> well, between the 12th and the 22nd, I guess it's yeah. happening somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I would just tell people don't fret. Um, everybody's backing proof of stake, all the big exchanges, all the, you know, all everyone's already coming out saying, Hey, you know, if proof, if Ethereum proof of work, you know, we're not going to be like carrying Ethereum two on our exchange. Um, but you know, there will definitely be some fuckery. There will be, you know, probably some scams, probably, you know, just people just giving it one more shot to dump their bags. Um, but yeah, really they're duplicate bags essentially. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you know, that process is also interesting, but I would, I've also told people this is that a lot of this has been put into the hands of the stables um, because obviously they can't, they can't tell tether what they have to do or USDC what they have to do. So effectively it's really been put into the hands of the stables and literally any large stable, you know, everyone's already come out and been like, you know, yeah, we're going to prove a stake. So your tether on proof of work is going to be worthless. It's going to be the proof of stake tether that you have to use. Um, so I, cause I, you know, depending on what day it is, you know, there are like miners out there trying to spread FUD, trying to get people scared. Um, but yeah, it's really not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a non-event because like I said, I, I think we'll hear a lot of, a lot of crazy stories in that like week or two. But um, yeah, it's it's not going to be a catastrophic event. Um, and then, you know, once they get done with everything, it'll be business as usual. That's super helpful. I, I, I actually greatly appreciate that feedback. And I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners who just, you know, don't fully understand it, you know, like myself. And I, I read a lot and I, I try to research a lot. But um, but, you know, this it's it's good to hear directly from someone who is certainly more experienced. Uh, so appreciate that. <clears throat> the last kind of get to know you question that I've, I've started to ask people and uh, the answer tends to be the same, but not always is, uh, you know, either now or, you know, previously, previously in your life, were, were you a collector of things, uh, you know, sports cards, you know, shoes, you know, guitars, you know, were you a, were you a, a collector of, uh, of, you know, valuable items? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, starting from a young age. Um, I mean, it's surely part of why NFTs are like, you know, heroin to me. Um, it's, it started with, you know, 
being, you know, I'm, I'm similar to age as you and Sarge. And it's like, you know, it started with like baseball cards and then it moved into comic books and then it moved into comic book cards. And then, you know, I got into music. So then it became the same thing with music gear. It was always, you know, a collection of whether it was like pedals, guitars, amplifiers, whatever, you know, you were always looking for the, you know, oh, someone's going to buy this and I can flip it and make a little profit. And then I can finally get my hands on one of these. And yeah, um, yeah, it just kind of, uh, it's, it's definitely been a, a factor in my life. Um, and it's definitely snowballed at this point to being crazy about NFTs. So, um, but yeah, I think I, I like that you asked that question because it's like you said, it's like, there is always this thread where anytime, you know, I've listened to like most of the shows and anytime you ask someone that it's almost like a laugh. They're like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I've always been a collector of stuff, you know? And there's a lot of people that just don't, uh, don't and haven't. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it, it is a com- It's certainly a common thread. And I think it's interesting. Um, it's you know not shocking for sure. Um, but definitely an interesting trait that, uh, that we all tend to possess and, uh, and, and share with each other in this industry, um, you know, both NFTs and, and, and crypto and that sort of thing. So, and I'm moving more into, um, you know, the topic of the podcast. Let's talk about NFT strategy <clears throat> as a collector, you know, what are the indicators that you look for that make you want to invest in a project or at least kind of give you comfort to put, you know, your hard-earned money uh, behind, you know, someone else's project, you know, whether you like the art or you like the project or, 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 or whatever, you know, what are the indicators that you kind of look for? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that's a, um, also probably a somewhat common answer is usually, um, you know, if I see a piece of art that catches my eye, you know, first of all, it's like, oh, shit, like, I really like this art. Um, and then depending, you know, it, it, my level of investment usually comes down to some of those other, you know, things that people cite often, you know, you want to see, you want to see that, you know, there's somebody at least updating on the project here and there. Um, you know, a discord community is great, but um, I also don't always, you know, hold people to like, oh, you know, they only got a hundred people in their discord. They're not shit, you know, like, um, because yeah, there's been plenty of things I've bought where it's like, all right, well, you know, I like the art. Um, you know, the, the person is serious about the project. You know, it's obviously not just like a cash grab or something. Um, but you know, I also feel like when you've been in NFTs a while, it's almost like you can almost see the art and know, if it's like a legit project or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. Um, and hell, even if they're not super active online, there's a good chance I'm still just going to buy like one piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just for a breadth of collection. <laughs> yeah. Just like, Hey, I mean, yeah, it's like, I can't, I can't stand it. I'm looking at it and they haven't updated the Twitter since January, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, just take one down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually if that's the case anyway, the floor is not like super high or anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's always been, 
you know, you just want to see that people are engaged that they're, you know, maybe if they've already put out a collection, what is like their plan for the next thing? Like, what are they working on now? Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, I guess, when I think about it, um, there are people that have like a really good eye for just like NFT investments and they don't care really what it looks like or any of that. They're just, you know, watching the floors, watching the trends, they buy it, they flip it. And, um, yeah, that's just never really come to me that way. It's usually just like, I'm poking around on a marketplace and it's like, Oh shit. Like, who is that? You know? And then you click on it and you go down the rabbit hole and, um, you know, kind of decide from there, like the level of involvement. Yeah. I, I agree. In, you know, in, in you know, pretty much everything you just said there, it's, um, you know, again, a, a common thread, but, but worthwhile to note for new artists out there. And, um, that, you know, these are the things, these are, these are what the collectors are looking for. And, you know, you see a lot, a lot of artists, I feel like in the, you know, I don't know, eight months or, or, or 10 months or so that I've been, you know, deep in phantom NFTs, um, just kind of leave a lot of that stuff out. You know, they, they jump on maybe one tomb heads. They, they don't really, um, you know, have anything prepared to say about their art or their project. Um, and then they, you know, they don't really sell for, you know, what they think that uh, their art is worth. And then they kind of just go away. And, you know, I think it's, it's a valuable, valuable feedback from experienced collectors uh, for, for new artists to, to hear. And so, you know, this is why we, we bring it up and we do get slightly, you know, slight variations of answers. So for anyone listening who hasn't listened to the, to the show before, you can certainly download every episode. This is episode 13. We've been doing this for, you know, I don't know, 13, uh, 13 weeks or, you know, I guess we skipped a couple of weeks. So we've been doing this for a little while now. We've had some really, really incredible collectors and community members on the podcast um, so go check it out. Um, I will tell you where to find the link later. Um, but in the same vein, you know, indicators that make you want to invest. Um, I think that, you know, I, and I, I spoke a little bit about it just a moment ago, but you know, knowing the space, knowing NFT art, you know, what are the most common mistakes that new projects make? And what are the red flags that you look for in both new projects and even even uh, you know older legacy veteran projects uh, that kind of you know maybe make you want to take your foot off the gas or maybe make you want to exit the project? Uh, what are, what are some of those like red flags and and uh, and mistakes that people are making in your opinion? I think um, something I I see a good bit of. Um, you know, cause I, I get a good bit of messages, you know, people like check out my project. And, um, what I would tell people is just that if you are working on something, don't get discouraged. I mean, because it comes back to what I was saying where, you know, if I'm on the fence about your art and I go to your Twitter and it hasn't been up updated since like January or February, it's like, you know, you don't have to be crazy active, but I would just say, you know, how many people just you know are always just gonna their first foray into anything just like crush it i mean it happens right but you know i i feel like i get people that are like discouraged um and you know sometimes the arts 
I think good enough or sometimes the arts, you know, terrible, but it's still like, listen, like you're not going to get anywhere with that mindset. So, um, there are ways in NFTs to, you know, create value, makes a project interesting. Um, you know, so really if you're already here in NFTs, you're already probably someone that at least somewhat thinks outside the box. I mean, so I would just say, you know, don't get discouraged. Don't quit. Cause like you said, you know, I'm, I've, I've seen that as well. You know, you see like a one of one and you know, you see them once and they disappear and you know, it's like, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you really want to make a name for yourself and get your stuff out there, I mean, you're just going to have to keep at it. Um, so yeah, there's that. I mean, I'm sure, I think I've heard this before on here where, you know, the roadmaps can be a delicate thing as well. You know, Try to stick, like, I think on your roadmap, it's like, why don't you just start with, like, two or three or four things that are actually achievable? Because um, I think a lot of people think that if they just write up this, like, crazy roadmap, that's going to make people buy in. But honestly, when it's, like, when your roadmap is, like, 20 points and they just keep getting more and more outlandish, it's kind of like, listen, you don't have to do that. Just say, hey part one is this collection part two i'm gonna start building a community part three is maybe you know at the end of this year there's gonna be a second collection you know you just see people get crazy with the roadmaps um it's almost like a not that they're the same thing but you know you can kind of think of like a resume how people will tell you you know you hand in a resume and it's like five pages you know people just want to see very quickly what you're strong at what you're trying to do so um, what do you think, Sarge? Oh, yeah. I mean, all that. And, uh, you know, I see you, you see it a lot now, especially in the bear market, sort of, you know, there's uh, a lot of flooding the market, I guess, with project after project. And, and I think what that ultimately does is it dilutes your your past collections, in my opinion. You know, I think a lot of people are in NFTs because they want to have something rare, something scarce. They want to be a part of, let's say, an exclusive club. Um, you know, if, let's take my project, uh, for an example, right? I have 130 Phantom Punks. That's all there will ever be. That collection's done. From there, I did uh, what, 1,300 babies that came free with those, with, the, with those OGs and, you know, did the mint for those that weren't able to get the OG. And then, you know, the utility there was to stake him for two months to earn that LP with, with potluck. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, then I did the 300 swole chats, you know, just a very limited collection that now you're going to get a voxel with to play in sandbox. And then we did the 570 star loops, you know, very small collection, you know, keeping everything small, but keeping projects coming, but making them sort of exclusive. Um, you know, I know it's tough for an artist uh, to sort of sit on their hands. You know, I totally get that. There's a lot of artists in our community, for sure, that have quit their, uh, you know, their their real jobs in real life to do NFTs. So they need to continue pumping out projects to make income, more or less, you know. But I think by doing that, you sort of could lose focus on those OG projects. And, you know, if you properly build those out, the... I think the value will just, you know, is returned to your holders and 
the value of those NFTs in the future is going to be so much more than if you were to just keep pumping out project after project after project. So that's just one thing that I see happening. And I, you know, and I totally get it, like I said. Um, but then there's also, you know, the one, one artists or, um, you know, that make badass art, you know, you just want to buy that piece of art for what it is, you know, and, and maybe that's, that's great. You know, I think, there's a trend that's happening that I like a lot right now that you put a disclaimer, uh, this project has zero utility, you know, you're buying it. You <laughs> like the art, that's it. You like the art, buy it. If you don't like the art, don't buy it because that's the utility. And if you put that disclaimer on your project up front, there's no, no one can complain about, it, you know, there's no expectations. Now you could add utility as it comes in the future, you know, you could disclaimer, uh, there might be utility at some point, but I'm not promising anything right now. I'd be totally cool to just mint something that has cool art, has no utility just because I like the art, you know? So I don't know, as advice, if, if anybody wants it for what it's worth, um, don't be shy to do that, you know? Don't be shy to just release art because you, you want to. and it doesn't have to come with any other promises. Yeah, and I think what you're saying here, like, that is kind of something I didn't touch on, but definitely comes to mind is, you know, the way that you always take care of those original holders. Um, you know, that's a huge value to people like, you know, people like you, like L, um, you know, Danetron is also someone that comes to mind again, because I've had some of these just random little, what they call like the black market afterlife. Or I think that's what it was called. These little black market pieces. And I swear yeah. it's like, yeah, they're awesome. I I've been hanging out in his Discord playing that game he's setting up now. I think there's one tomorrow as well. So, yeah, that, all that is so much fun. Totally. Yeah, and it's funny. It's like my – I think the first time I picked up just some little one of those things um, was like, I don't know, end of last year or early this year. And it's like I swear every like two or three months I, I'm like pulling up my collection and I'm like, oh, shit, I got a new – I got a new trinket. Like that's awesome, you know, and it's like, yeah, I mean that's – definitely a huge thing and you know it helps keep your community like heavily involved and or i mean like both like what both you and uh, apes do in terms of like hey you know if you have my genesis collection then you know you're a part of my process you're involved in these conversations you're you know like like you just said about like you know people want to be in a club it's like yeah that puts you in a club you know um so yeah all very good points. Yeah, perfect example. Uh, minting, I think, right now, the bit which is haunted by Zoe, you know? Again, you're whitelisted. You're, you're getting all sorts of perks for holding her original collections. And, I mean, I think if you're going to keep releasing mints, you know, every few months, you need to always think about that very first collection and those people that, you know, backed you on day one. And regardless if they're in your Discord you know, filling out forms or, you know, a lot of people can't hop around to all the different discords. So those, you know, OG holders should be on a permanent list of you're going to get airdropped. You don't have to fill out a form. You don't have to go to discord and play a game. I'm going to hook you up because you were there from yeah. day one, you know? And that's, that's one of my favorite things uh, I actually see on your Twitter all the time is every time you announce something, there's always at least one person that's like, but what about my, I got a punk? What does that mean? And I mean, I, I think you have this probably like in a text document somewhere, so you can just copy and paste. But you, <laughs> you always, 
your response is always, I will always take care of my original holders. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and that will, I, I will die with that. You know, that is something that I, is so true to my heart and something I'll always do. And I'm not going to ask anyone to go out of their way uh, to let me know that they're a holder. I know my holders, you know, I know because it's such a small amount. I know each and every one of them at this point. And I know if one gets sold, I know if one gets transferred, whatever, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching that stuff. So um, yeah, I'm no. aware of that, that OG group and yeah, they'll for, forever be rewarded by me. Yeah. And I mean, so, that discussion has come up before um, with artists and other people in the phantom where it's like, you know, what do you, you're, you're going to make like one of someone that like put their, faith in you and you know their money and everything else into your original collection and you're gonna tell me that like they don't get an airdrop because they didn't like fill out a google form by a certain date exactly you know they didn't like retweet the tweet or what i mean it's like that's insanity so insanity yeah yeah well that will never happen with my holders that's for sure um yeah, and that's just good advice going forward for anyone that's listening that's, you know, dropping their first collection or has a couple of collections already. Um, just never forget those those people that had your back from day one. Um, they should always be part of the family. So uh, always hook them up and, and make sure that they're set up uh, for as long as you're as you're going. A hundred percent. And you know, as you guys are talking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded like, you know, I operate best when I kind of collect and organize my thoughts in, you know, easy to, uh, easy to find places, like literally write down goals and write down you know, everything I need to do. And, you know, as I've, I've built companies throughout my life, I've, I've always, you know, established, you know, what I kind of call, you know, the core values or the, you know, the commandments of, of the company and, you know, at the highest level, you know, which allows you to kind of go back when you're faced with decisions on things, you go back to your commandments, you go back to your core values and you can, it helps guide those decisions. Right. And so, you know, from the beginning uh, with the Gotham Apes project, we really had six of them and it's, it's never stop creating value for your holders. Check. You know, we've talked about that, you know, under promise and over deliver check. We've talked about that. Um, your community is everything. Um, deliver an exceptional experience create rarity. We, you know, we talked about that. And the last one for us is don't undervalue the art uh, and the utility. Um, And, you know, I think that, you know, with the massive fluctuations in, um, you know, not only phantom, but across the board is, you know, you really have to, you know, if if you start to undervalue the work uh, and the time and effort that you put into these things, um, you know, you kind of, I think you can kind of hurt your project in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who would say, you know what, damn, I, I wish I, I, I wish I didn't, you know, you know, go for the lowest possible mint price just so I could mint out because now my floor is half of that and not moving. Um, you know, you really want, you know, or at least we want a, a very specific collector uh, who, who also kind of can align, I guess, with those, with those, uh, with those values. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, I don't know if it's a value to anyone listening, but it's definitely a way that you know, we've been looking at it, you know, uh, in the, in the Gotham Mavis project. No. And I, I think that approach was, uh, first of all, it was very brave, um, you know, because coming right out of this bull run, 
um, you know, people are, you know, it's something that anyone that's in NFTs probably struggles with at this moment, which is, you know, everybody was used to paying 30, 40 fanties for a NFT, but that was when Phantom was two or three dollars a piece. Um, so I actually thought that was a very great move on your part to be like, listen, you know, I, this art has value. I'm putting a strong emphasis on the value of the art and it also being a small supply. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think obviously for certain collections, you know, you're not going to expect people to, you know, shell out more than 30 or 40 fannies. But I do think for, you know, something that's like such a limited supply and has, you know, like really awesome art. I think that was like a great move to be like, you know, listen, like I'm placing my standard and who knows how long we're going to be in the bear. I mean, so it's, it's good for Phantom too to be for people to accept that. Hey, you know, I mean, as long as Phantom's under a dollar, you know, artists should be getting compensated. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a massive amount of time um, and and effort, and you know, it's it's. I guess it's it's also different if your entire you know kind of persona of of the project is like, oh my god, this might be some you know cash grab, Um, but we're not going anywhere. We're we're building right through a bear, and if the bear continues, we'll continue to build. And you know, to Sarge's point. I'm really approaching it in the same way, like maniacally focused on rewarding our holders, whether it's the Genesis holders, the 32 uh, of uh, uh, Genesis collection, uh, they're going to, you know, they got the red carpet kind of situation or it's the eight bits holders. You know, there's only 333 of these things. And I think 160 some followers, uh, they should be prepared to be rewarded as well. And I did kind of do that on a re- for a reason, right? When you gradually increase your token supply, it makes it easier to reward people all the way through. You know, if the next collection is $9.99, guess who's getting rewarded? The holders of the Genesis, the holders of the 8-bits, and and then the, the, the generative collection will be $9.99. I don't know what comes after that, but maybe it's, you know, 3,333 or something along those lines. And that, that allows me to reward everyone all the way down the chain because you have to be maniacally focused about rewarding your holders because um, that's just what you, what you need to do. <laughs> um, and actually reminds me, uh, in about 30 minutes, we're going to be revealing this thing. Um, and oh, actually, boy. yeah, I've actually been in communication. I'm trying to herd some cats so that the, the markets are ready to, uh, to also refresh the met- metadata. But, um, but yeah, uh, Dracula, I gotta, I gotta also, you know, shout out and appreciate, uh, you know, all the help and, and kind of guidance that you've provided on, uh, you know, not only as a, as a founders council member, but, uh, but really helping us with the, the eight bits project and, uh, and hopefully more to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, when you even were just kind of laying out what you were trying to do, it's like, you know, it's like I said, there was definitely, you know, you took a risk, but, you know, I think it was the right risk and, you know, it's obviously paid off. So, um, yeah. so bravo on that for sure. No, I appreciate and, um, it. 78% sold out, only about 65, 70 tokens left and we're revealing today and... 
um, you know, originally we had decided to kind of just shut down the mint and, and keep it even a smaller supply, but through some really great feedback and conversation within the founders council, um, uh, you know, we decided to just keep it going and, uh, and slow mint it. It's, you know, there's no rush. Uh, we'll, you know, we're going to continue to build. That's another thing actually, just, you know, as a, as a, as a conversation point, I think artists and projects get really caught up in the rush um, because it feels like a lot of collectors like uh, attention span is so not necessarily attention spans low, but there's so much going on. There's always something new and bright and shiny. So you get this urge like, Oh, I got to build, I got to release this. I got to do this. I got to, you know, cut the mint. I got to, you know, all sorts of things. And it, it was actually a really cool reminder when I, when I went to the founders council and said, Hey, what do you guys think about this? To hear people say, you know what, who cares? Let's just exactly it, it'll it'll mint exactly. when it mints, and you just keep building, doing what you're doing. We love what you're doing, and um and that was you know that was the kind of the the advice I was looking for. And you know, someone had actually reached out and said, "Hey, it's really cool that you have this like founders council thing, and that's so that's kind of kind of unique." And and I actually my reply was, you know, it's funny, it's it may be a bit unique, but it's actually not unique in the world at all. You know, when you look at you know, millions of companies throughout the, the world, whether they're, you know, publicly traded or, or even privately, you know, private companies, um, the, the, the strongest ones have really strong, you know, ex, uh, uh, board of directors, right? And, you know, those board directors often come from other companies with different experience and, you know, different levels of success. And you're know, being able to lean on people and say, hey, what do you guys think about this as a strategy? I think is really valuable and something I, I'm quite happy uh, that we instituted in, in the project. Um, and I always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, you know, just to, to finish up this part here. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you, you're, you're keeping the mint alive and that you're not sort of feeling panicked or rushed, you know, because... Again, that's going to show in the future um, that whatever you do next, um, you're going to be in it for the long haul, you know? Now, if, you know, there are projects that launch and they don't mint out and they panic, so they jump onto another project and they launch another thing and then another thing. And, another, and it's like, it's like, how can we trust that uh, what you launch next is going to be any different from the one before it, you know, where you just completely abandon it and it's, it's left for, to zero, you know? So again, kudos to you for for sticking it out and um, and sh proving that you know this collection is going to reap rewards for any future uh, collections as well. So completely confident, and super psyched for the reveal as well. Yeah, they're they're super fun. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, I kind of you know the descriptor you know for these things is you know a, a 3D avatar with endless possibilities, and really that's the way I'm looking at it. You know, very light on promises, and I expect to, uh, you know, create an amazing experience. You know, as as per the core values, right? Um, deliver an exceptional experience. So, um, you know, it's funny because you get a lot of messages. I'm sure you've probably gotten this, Sarge, too. Like, well, hey, what's the plan? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, um, you know, one thing that I've seen from really successful projects is don't don't let it all out right away. <laughs> you know, the time, uh, time is good. You know, it, it's good to be able to, you know, drop alpha, you know, something this month, something next month, something three months from now, you know, that kind of thing, because it really keeps people engaged and reminds, you know, everybody that 
you know, at, at its core, NFTs are just a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> and, you know, of course, there's financial implications and there's invest, you know, you know, people people often look at these things like they're investing in a stock or something. Um, and I get it. You know, it's it, when you when you when you put harder money behind something behind a project and they disappear and fall off the face of the earth, you're kind of upset and kind of shocked. Um, yeah. But, but, but you, let's not but let's not forget as, it fun. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're honest along the way, you know, and, and you can uh, display that honesty through Twitter and Discord and whatever else, just communicating with everyone that uh, everything's cool, man. Everything's moving along. You know, there's no rush to any of this stuff. You know, this is a bear market right now. So everyone's trying to like, you know, position themselves and, you know, there's a lot of fear. Uh, no one knows what to do in this particular moment. Is this the top? Is this a bear bounce? What is this? You know? And so there, you could, you know, the market's kind of slow and dry and there's a lot of fear and a lot of deer in the headlights going on. Um, but this yeah. is where you build that honesty and you show that once we come to the other side of this, you're going to be there standing and creating and providing value to anyone that has uh, backed your project. So, yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, a, a great example, because um, as it's mentioned on your show, um, nobody's mentioned L yet, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, bring up L. But, <laughs> it wouldn't be a show um, without L. Come on. Yeah, so, you know, she is a master of this, though, where, you know, if she has something she's taking her time on, she's taking her time, you know, she might not even be giving any previews or anything, but then she's kind of still keeping things moving along when she's like, Oh, Hey, guess what? Check your wallets. I just dropped this to, you know, if you held this or that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a balance of, you know, people do want to see that like things are progressing, but you know, there's definitely a right way to kind of space your projects and, you know, space how you're delivering. And um, I think that's what she's great at is, you know, it might actually only be a few images that she's dropped, but the yep. impact of it, the impact of it, you know, sustains the momentum. Yep. hundred percent. She, her, her name comes up on this uh, show quite regularly. You know, a is, is one of our you know favorite female artists out there and B just a total badass, like the way that she's run her projects. Um, I have not gotten lucky enough to get one of these cool, super sweet airdrops. Uh, I, I seem to like always have the wrong combination of things, although I feel like I have, <laughs> I feel like I have a bunch of them. But sometimes, sometimes her airdrops like cross projects too, which I really like. Because like if you own some of this and some of this and some of these, then you're qualified for this like you know airdrop. And you know her, the floor price for her collections is is a clear indicator that people uh, are excited about what she's doing and what she's building. So you know, huge props to to L and and the Riot Ghouls project. Um, but with that, like, let's, let's jump into a couple, couple more of these, um, you know, topics that, that we like to talk about. And we're, we're already at about an hour and 10 minutes. How are you guys doing on time? Hey, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm good, good until the wife comes home from work. So I'll let you know. There you go. <laughs> um, what, what are your favorite projects right now? And, you know, we usually ask why, but I, I'd imagine the why is a lot of what we've already talked about. And, you know, any you know, up and coming, I mean, you know, give us a couple OG projects, give us a couple up and coming and, um, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, potluck's got a bunch, but, uh, you know, anything outside of potluck as well. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said earlier, um, visionary boy, 
I like pretty much everything that guy has done. Um, you know, they just also just dropped a Visionarium Premier Pass and um, also just a token Vision, which is, you know, we have labs at Potluck and, um, you know, it's, I guess it's sort of a similar thing. You know, it's going to give you whitelist spots, um, access to certain mints, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I love that. Um, obviously, I mentioned L. I've mostly because L's been around, I think, as long as I can remember. Um, she's always just been a force and a factor on Phantom. Um, some of the newer stuff, I literally, I have no clue why it's taken me weeks and I've been fretting over like which one I'm going to buy, but I finally got a cursed circus. Um, for some reason, I every time I go to the market, it would just be like, I couldn't, I'd be like, oh, like, I don't know if that's the one I want. Um, but um, also you know, shout out to Southern Empire because, um, you know, I have pretty much everything they've put out and um, they kind of just stealth launched these uh, Bit Shadows clowns. And um, that also tied into um, if you held certain tokens on Curse Circus, which, you know, kind of like what you were saying about L. I mean, that's, I, I always think that's kind of a cool concept as well, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, like if you're holding something from this totally different, Com, you know, collection, you know, if you have a combo or whatever. Um, then on Avalanche, there's this dude, Esoteros, and I look at his art constantly. It's insane. Uh, go to Joe Pegs. I think they got some of his stuff on Campfire. I could be wrong, though. But um, he's definitely on Joe Pegs. Um, he just makes this, like, crazy out there animated stuff, but the floors are, I mean, as they should be, very high. I mean, these are like individual pieces of art in the collection, and they're all amazing. So that's somebody I have an eye on where I'm just like, man, like, I really want one of those. Then, back to Phantom, um, you know, I've been, I'm not able to be on Tomb Heads as much as I used to be, but I try to. Like, I was just on there a couple weeks ago, uh, picked up a new piece from uh, FTM Dead, that is very sick. Um, so that new collection he's working on is awesome. Um, also, I mean, I'm uh, trying to get a gimmicks one of one, but uh, you know, good those luck. are just yeah. going. Yeah, good those luck. are going bananas. Um, those are going absolutely bananas. So I mean, you know, I sometimes I'm even timing when I'm coming into the auction just to try to see like, okay, if if this thing's you know not ten thousand phantom, I, I think I'm going to buy one. Um, but yeah. Um, shout out to gimmicks. I see he's in here, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the art's amazing. Kind of like what you were saying, Sarge with like the, you know, season two of Phantom, you know, it's just like some of these, uh, guys on the newer side, it's just. Yeah. The best, the best, the best mind blowing. Yeah, completely. Completely. I'm just going to add, um, the bit, which is haunted by Zoe, right? I think that's minting. I don't know if it minted out. I haven't because we've been on this uh, talk since that started, um, but perfect, you know, amazing art, low supply rewards holders, checks all the boxes for me. Uh, of course, uh, the shadows mixtapes, they did season or I guess mixtape number four today. So I was able to grab a couple of those. Uh, they dropped some alpha. I was half listening while I was in the pool, but um, sounds like they're coming out with a radio station where you get royalties from owning the tapes. If they play songs from the tape that you hold in your wallet, something like that. So 
some cool music uh, utility with, with coming along with those mixtapes. Um, yeah, Dane Tron, I'm looking forward to the Afterlife Beast collection. That, that one's going to be awesome. Just edit anything he does, I'm all in on. So those are my picks for things to look out for currently minting. Awesome. Sorry, did you want to drop a, a giveaway um, oh. and give something away in, I don't know, 10 yeah, minutes? Let's, or... Well, yeah, let's do a mixtape, what I was just talking about. I'll, I'll oh, there you go. One, season one, two, three, or four. I'm not sure. I got to look at what I got. But yeah, just go ahead and like and retweet my pin tweet that's there right now. Um, tag friend. And I will do a Twitter picker in, let's say, six, well, yeah, 15 minutes. I'll do so right I'll... I'll yeah. do this. I'll, I'll do the same. I'll do mine when you do yours and we can just kind of announce them all at once. Yeah. So right now there's only two uh, retweets on my pin tweet. So your odds are pretty good. If you Ooh, get over there. Mixtape. Get a mixtape. Um, you know, the, you, <laughs> you bring up an interesting point that's, you know, kind of worth talking about. And I, I see it, I see it both ways. Um, but <clears throat> some of these, you know, airdrops, uh, get a little bit complicated and not necessarily complicated, but it's, it's so hard to track. Like, so, you know, a, if you're, if you're also, you know, busy as a creator um, or, you know, and a collector and there's so many discords and, and having to jump through all of these different, you know, multi-step hoops in order to qualify you for an airdrop. I'm, I'm kind of torn on, on how to approach that on the positive side. I see it kind of forces people to engage engage or miss out on the flip side. I see it, you know, as kind of a frustration for people who maybe hold a bunch of a collection, but aren't included because they just didn't get into the discord and do the right thing at the right time. Um, you guys, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. That goes back to my idea of a master list. You know, you have, you have a list of, of your top hundred holders and you can come up with that however you want, you know, um, that will always just be airdrop. They don't have to jump through any hoops to get any sort of free airdrops that you're dishing out. You know, there's an exclusive club, you know, it could be your, you know, your first hundred pieces sold, or you have 10 of this one or, you know, something, I don't know, that's up to the artist yeah. creator, but there should be, you know, like potluck does, you have the ultimate pass, you're going to get airdropped. You don't have to do anything. You, yeah. you have that, you're getting dropped a piece of every collection. And to me, that's amazing. You're not, you, you know, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I'm old and I'm lazy. I'm not going <laughs> to spend hours on discord hopping around. So for me, just having that dropped in my wallet is just, it feels good, man. It feels good waking up to that. So yeah, I'm all about that. And anyone can do that. So easy. I mean, all that stuff is FTM scan. You could see who your holders are and you could just come up with a list that way, or you can have a competition, you know, every month to, for that. I don't know. That's, you can get creative with it, but, for sure, um, whoever is dishing out for you in the early days should be rewarded without having to, to do anything for it, you know? And that's my opinion. And that's my approach. That's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the funny thing about the um, the ultimate pass is it is kind of like, it always makes me feel good when it's like we, we drop those and then I start seeing, you know, stuff popping up on Twitter and, you know, people like, Oh my God, like it's in my wallet. And, or, you know, you'll have, there was one guy, I'm not, I can't remember who it was, but apparently he had been traveling or something. So he was just like, Oh shit, I just came back and I got like all this stuff in my wallet. So yeah, it's an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, people appreciate it 
the fact that you don't have to do anything, you know? So, yeah, going back to the low attention span of, of most of us DJs, you know, like, and we travel, you know, you're on vacation, you're on a cruise or something, you don't have internet access, you're in the woods and you miss a mint, uh, at least you'll know, you know, you're going to get a piece of that mint, regardless if you're, if you're logged on or not, you know? So, yeah, all about it. <clears throat> well, um, what's your absolute favorite piece that you own right now? That's a tough one. Uh, we put people on the spot. Um, and uh, you follow up, what would you love to own but don't? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, what I'm thinking of is there is one thing I fucked up on really hard. It was... It was like my second SEPTA piece and it was this one that just, it, it spoke to me being from Atlanta that it was like a shark holding two cell phones <laughs> and the reflections and the glasses from the cell phones were like him trading and, you know, uh, I just fucking loved it. And, uh, but that was, you know, peak bull, bull run, um, I listed it at a price, almost just kind of fishing, you know, sometimes it's like, you just put it out there and see what will happen. And, and someone scooped it up like immediately. And for some reason that is like one of the, that is one of the only NFTs that like, I, I, I do have another SEPTA piece now and I do love it, but I always think about that piece when I, after I sold it, like, I mean, that was, I sold it probably, I don't know. That was probably, maybe even December. It was like December or January or something. And um, still haven't got over that one. Um, but yeah, if anybody has that one, <laughs> you should drop me a message. Uh, I would probably buy it from you. Hit up the shark with dual cell phones. Hit, hit yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, so the one I still have a SEPTA is um, it's basically like his take on the Terminator and it has to do with Phantom and, you know, it's a great piece, but, uh, yeah, for some reason that one, that one just haunts me. Um, in terms of, you know, stuff, I'm like I said, I've kind of got my eye on this Esoteros, um, you know, they're like 40, 50 AVAX on the, like a piece. Um, so I'll continue to watch that, um, you know, and hell, I mean, in my opinion, you know, it's like it's always in the eye of, you know, the person buying the art. I mean, honestly, like, you know, 40 or 50 AVAX is, it doesn't make me like scoff, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's good art. Um, so yeah, that's on AVAX. I'm trying to think if there's anything on fan, you know, phantom it's like, because the community is so tight knit, it's like, I'm always there on a mint day, whether it's one of our projects or someone else's project, you know, I'm, I'm always instantly scooping, uh, either at the mint or right away on secondary. So I almost can't even really think of anything um, on Phantom that I need at the moment. But um, what are what are you looking at, Sarge? You're always kind of got your finger on like the newest stuff. Well, um, yeah, dead uh, FTM dead his new Dead World collection. Those are cool as hell. I love that um, sort of old school black and white Mickey Mouse crazy kind of art, you know, from, you know, that throwback to the I don't know, 1920s. Um, I love, yeah, dead. What's it? I think it's called dead's world. 
Um, so yeah, he's been auctioning those up in Tomb Heads, and I'm just never able to pull the trigger on it for some reason. I'm just waiting, I guess, for one of the pieces <laughs> that really speaks to me, as they say. So that, and you know, I'd really like to make a Megabot from Bot Boy. Oh um, yeah, those are awesome. I want to make a Megabot. So I, I need five bots. I have three, I believe, or two. So I don't know. I'm going to start fishing around and try to make my own Megabot. That's that's my mission here for the end of the year. Yeah, you know, and I actually got one of those um, Dead World pieces a couple weeks ago, and I fucking love it. Uh, I don't think I'll be letting go of that one. And, yeah, uh, that's was, one you, you put that one away for. You know, yeah, and when I was bidding on it, you know, he had a, you know, you had your bid, and then if the bid got to a certain point, you got like a physical and if it got to another point, you got a shirt and, you know, I had bid to the point where I'd get a physical, but you know, I was like, you know what? We just got to take this thing to the shirt. I want it all. So, <laughs> you know, right. those, yeah, those are great pieces. And also I was just thinking about um, some of the earlier stuff on Phantom. I got into uh bit Damon is, you know, bit Damon oh, yeah. is a collection oh, I've yeah. always loved. And, yeah. um, you know, he does a good job of, you know, he's always taking care of those original Bit Damon holders. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, hell yeah. What about you? Well, you got anything? Oh God, you know, I gotta I gotta wrap this up to be honest. Uh I'm I'm really enjoy, really enjoying the conversation. But for anyone <laughs> listening, uh you can pop over to yeah. my Discord. I just started the the Oh, you gotta do your reveal. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got. I think I think we got to do a little uh, in the background work here, and I'm kind of chatting with a couple of the markets to try to refresh metadata at the right time. Um, but I think we're gonna. I think we gotta. We gotta uh, wrap go, it up. Go ahead and call it. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, I'd, I'd be happy to come back anytime. So, but uh, yeah, I love this podcast. I listen every week. Uh, nice job. Thanks, sir. Uh, appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for your time, man. Um, pop on over. Uh, pop on over to the Discord if you want to. You want to, uh, you know, we, we can continue the conversation over there if you guys have time. I'm just gonna j- pop up on stage and you know, kind of work out this, uh, work out this reveal, which is my first yeah. reveal. Hell yeah, um, man. let's Good go. Luck. And uh, all right, four minutes, four minutes. I'll do my giveaway on Twitter, so you still have four minutes to uh, like, retweet, tag a friend. You get a, a mixtape. Thanks yep. for everyone who's listened. You guys absolutely are the best. We love you all. Thank you all for right. listening to the Broom Closet NFT insights and strategies from the biggest collectors. If you like what you hear, join the conversation today. You can download and subscribe for free on iTunes and Spotify to get the new episodes as they become available. Have a great day, everybody. Peace out.